The following podcast is a deep, shallow dive production. Okay, let's go. What fentanyl feels like. This is for educational purposes only. As a recovering addict, I can tell you. First time I used fentanyl, I couldn't keep my eyes open. I wanted to nod out, although I didn't even know when I was nodding out. No emotions. You turn into an emotionless zombie. That's why people that go through things like trauma and mental illnesses, they will use this drug because it takes your emotions away with no worries. This is not a good thing. Your face will start itching. You'll start rubbing your face all the time, trying to scratch off your face. You will become content with just sitting in your room all day and staring at the ceiling, not doing anything. You become happy not doing anything at all. This is why you see so many homeless people play with being homeless, because it takes all their emotions away. However, once the high wears off, the reality comes back and smacks you dead in the face. If you don't want to ruin your life, do not ever try fentanyl. It's as simple as that. Plus, the overdose rate is astronomical compared to any other drug there is. Happy Thursday, everybody. All right. Today, we are going to do just an episode on fentanyl, you know, and this is kind of I guess came out of my own, as many of these deep shallow dives come out of, but it's like my own desire to understand something better so I can really, you know, have a working knowledge of it when I see it, you know, plastered over the media or on social media or other places. But, you know, obviously I knew fentanyl was a drug, but honestly, I didn't really understand exactly what it is or what the problem is. And then more importantly, how it relates to what's going on at the southern border of the United States, which we did a Deep Shallow Dive exclusive. It's number 86, if you haven't listened to that. It's actually a pretty good episode that, you know, helps you understand what's going on at the southern border of the United States, which is a complete mess. But one of the things that obviously is happening is that it seems that fentanyl is getting smuggled across that open border. And, you know, the fentanyl ends up in a variety of places, and we're going to get into how that happens and where that happens and what that happens. But, you know, I wanted today to just do a, I don't even know how long this episode will last, but, but I thought it would be helpful to just have a working knowledge of this besides just knowing that it's a bad drug. So the origins of fentanyl, gosh, it's been around since 1959, and it was created by Dr. Paul Jansen as an intravenous surgical analgesic. It says the drug is 50 to 100 times more potent than morphine. Fentanyl is a synthetic opioid. Okay, man, this shows you how little drug knowledge I have. So obviously synthetic, I know, means man-made. But then opioid, I really didn't even totally understand what an opioid is, but opioids are a class of drugs that derive from or mimic the natural substances found in the opium poppy plant. Opioids work in the brain to produce a variety of effects, including pain relief. Dr. Troutman, if fentanyl is so deadly, what is it even used for? So you're right. Fentanyl is indeed deadly. It's ingested and it causes quick respiratory depression and often death. And on top of all that, in 2023, it's popping up in places you don't expect. Like weed is laced with fentanyl sometimes now. Online Adderall and Xanax are laced with fentanyl. So people who are thinking about taking Adderall online to do better on a test die of a fentanyl overdose. It's terrifying. Really quick. So to me, this is the real problem. It is 
the fentanyl being added or lacing other things. And, you know, when it comes to something like Adderall, you know, maybe, gosh, I hope most of you listening, your kids aren't even remotely in the fentanyl realm, but, you know, is there a possibility that a high school kid is taking Adderall? (laughs) Yeah, I definitely think there is. So that's why, you know, having a discussion with kids and trying to understand what they're doing and not doing is, is a huge benefit. So why is it even used at all? Well, historically, it's used as an anesthetic in the OR. You know, you can help someone um, go to sleep under anesthesia so they can have their appendix out, for example. It's very safe when used in that controlled environment because with the respiratory depression, the patient is innovated. Very high-tech way of looking at blood levels, respirating the patient so there is no risk with a trained anesthesiologist in the OR. Another place that fentanyl is used appropriately are pain patches. So slow absorption of a pain patch, someone who might have cancer pain or severe debilitating chronic pain, they might get a fentanyl patch, which is much different than ingesting fentanyl IV or even unintentionally. So while it is indeed deadly, it does have some legit uses. All right, so like everything, something that probably was meant for good is being used for bad. I equate it to AI. I could think I could think AI in many ways, as we shall see with the upcoming election. By the way, I love AI. I really do. And when I talked about it in the previous episode, as well as even what I'm saying right now, I do not think it's bad. What I think is that people will leverage it to... To basically create misconceptions and to create images or graphics or videos or voice voice recordings or just things that are not real, you know. So when I talk about artificial intelligence being bad, I really mean it's the people that are leveraging it for the wrong reasons versus the actual technology. I think the actual technology is incredible and obviously if humanity embraced a more, I guess, strictly good mentality. Oh my gosh, the world would be a better place. But anyway, that was interesting to hear from that doctor. There are a lot of different clips from doctors out there that obviously do talk about the benefits and the uses of fentanyl when used properly. You know, there's a lot of nurses. I found a lot of nurse videos on TikTok where they were talking about how when properly used during labor, fentanyl can help women. Now that's, man, I, I don't know. I, well, I guess, you know what, if, if, if a variety of nurses are talking about that, then there must be some validity to it. You know, obviously you think about all of those products and taking in, taking them into your body, not even the thought of whether they become addictive or not, but it's really like, you know, is there, is there a short-term harm that could come from, you know, acute use or one-time use? There's also a lot of pharmacists who, again, you know, I guess this was good to be honest with you. I wasn't really expecting this when I started researching this. I thought it was going to be all pretty much negative, but obviously it's not all negative. And there's a lot of videos that try and, you know, provide education to the proper, I guess, use of fentanyl and the proper reasons why, you know, it, it 
in many ways in certain situations is looked on as, you know, a true benefit. I wouldn't really call it a wonder drug, but obviously when it comes to somebody that is in need, it seems like it is a a viable solution. I think the biggest thing that was an eye-opener for me is really just how strong it is, and it seems how, this is a scary part, you know, how little exposure you need to it in order to obviously have terrible consequences. The power of even the smallest touch of fentanyl shown in this video. Watch as a Bartlesville police officer wearing protective gloves is packing up drug evidence believed to be laced with fentanyl when he slowly starts to collapse. Becoming ill, lightheaded, and actually basically passed out or, or fell. Seconds later, a rush of officers coming to the rescue. I don't know what would have happened had they not acted so quickly. Sergeant Jim Waring says officers quickly gave him Narcan, which is believed to have saved his life. Police say this is the first time they've had to deal with something like this, where they had to give one of their own officers Narcan. It's really fortunate that uh, one, we had this available to us, and two, that our officers um, really adhere to the training and paid attention to the training. Another layer to the opioid epidemic and an eye-opening to what these men and women behind the badge have to deal with. Even though the officer may not be physically dealing with an individual, all the evidence and, and, and things that we handle on a day-to-day basis, you know, that can, that can harm you too. That is scary stuff. So by the way, Narcan, I had no idea what Narcan was. So I guess Narcan is a prescription medicine that blocks the effect of opioids. So it's probably something like an EpiPen, you know, when people get jabbed with an EpiPen, like in Pulp Fiction, it brings them back. I feel like this Narcan might uh, be something to reduce the effects of that. So anyway, man, this is scary stuff. Seriously, scary stuff. So here's something interesting. Obviously, like I said before, there's a lot of, you know, issues with the southern border with Mexico for the United States and then fentanyl coming in. So I thought like, okay, what country produces the most fentanyl or I'm sorry, I was thinking through that from an opium poppy standpoint. So I thought, okay, where is the most opium poppy, I guess, plants in the world? And I thought the answer would be Mexico, but this is the answer. And this is interesting. So which country produces the most opium poppy in the world? Answer, Afghanistan was the world's biggest opium producer for 20 years. It was cultivating the most opium from 2001 to 2021. In 2021, after the Taliban retook power, they promised to end illegal drug production And now Afghanistan is no longer the world's largest producer of opium. Huh. (laughs) That is interesting. So from 2001, remember what happened in 2001? I'll refresh your memory. September 11th, 2001, something happened. It was pretty big. And then for the next 20 years... Afghanistan was not under the Taliban command. Huh. And then they were the number one producer, and I'm assuming exporter, of 
opium. And then in 2021, when they went back to the Taliban under their control, they no longer were the number one exporter of opium. Huh. Man, you really learn something new every day, especially here on the DSD. Anyway, all right, so here's another interesting twist. This was an article I found in NPR, and I was able to download their audio version. But the title of the article is, Who is sneaking fentanyl across the southern border? Hint, it's not the migrants. As overdose deaths from fentanyl have soared, we've heard a lot about the dangers of the synthetic drug and how it's flowing across the southern border from Mexico. What we've rarely heard are the voices of the people, largely U.S. citizens, who actually smuggle that fentanyl across the border. NPR's Joel Rose talked to one of those couriers and brings us her story. Haley says she had never done anything like this before. One night, she was hanging out with a guy she knew who asked if she wanted to make some extra money. I'm very embarrassed about it, I guess you could say. I'm very, like, ashamed that I didn't know better with carrying it over. So the reason I wanted to play that was because, you know, obviously, I'm sure migrants are carrying it over. But the fact that NPR did a story and then I looked online and there were a ton of other stories about, again, U.S. citizens, you know, doing this because they needed money. But what's interesting is you don't hear any of that side of the story in the mainstream. So anyway, whatever. This crazy world we're living in. Good, good Lord. Okay. Anyway. That's it. Short one. I don't think we need to beat a dead horse, but I did want to really get a baseline understanding myself of fentanyl and all of this. And I think now I do, and hopefully you do as well. Last night was also the last Republican debate, and it was only between Ron DeSantis and Nikki Haley. So I might jump on and do a bonus episode later with just a quick a quick little analysis of that. I did find it interesting that they did not let Vivek Ramaswamy be part of that debate in Iowa. But anyway, we shall see. We shall see. All right, everybody, call a spade a spade. Don't do drugs and talk to you soon. This episode was brought to you by Boost Liquid Vitamins. Wake up, take your boost, start your day. Drink your vitamins, build your immune system with Boost. Available on Boost.com.